powered through the Alaska Airline Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. It is the Super Bowl this Sunday. We are two days away from the biggest game on the calendar. I am excited. Curtis Rogers in for Michael Bumpus is excited. Let's and go. We have so much to cover when it comes to Super Bowl 58, uh, including some fun stuff. We've got some prop bets, all kinds of good stuff. We were just talking about our favorite Super Bowl moments. And Curtis, I have to interrupt our own conversation to uh, issue a warning to a listener. Oh? Yeah. Uh, who's, so, who's about to get well, it? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, someone on the Mac and Jack's text line said... You know, when we're talking about some of those uh, big Super Bowl moments, Malcolm Butler stop, uh, stepping Ooh, in front of Ricardo yeah. Luckett. And how dare you? Okay, we're trying to have a good time. Yeah. We're trying to have some fun. We're trying to really enjoy ourselves here. Trying to block that out of my mind. This is your one warning before you are blocked from the Mac and Jack's text line. Now, this listener is saying it because it's a play they'll always remember. True. But they followed the prompt. Look, I make the rules. <laughs> and that's the difference. We're not talking about Super Bowl 49. Okay? Never. It's out of here. It's not being mentioned. What Super Bowl 49? It was never played. <laughs> We're moving on to some prop bets, some fun stuff with the Super Bowl. I'll start with this. Um, this is from the National Retail Federation. Did you know? Guess, Matt, guess how much the average person spends during the Super Bowl. The average person. The average person. So whether you go out to drink, whether you're buying food, whether you're hosting something, just throw out a dollar amount. 150 bucks. Okay, you really um you really uh, jumped this one. I thought you would go much lower. The average person spends $86 during the Super Bowl. That's up from 50 wow. in 2007. I don't spend nearly that much. Um, I probably will. Yeah. Cuz I'm going to get a lot of food. It's not even on drinks. I'm going to get a ton of food. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we're staying at home. I don't think we're inviting anybody over. I can't imagine we're inviting anybody over. So we just have four mouths to feed. Yeah. Really three because Blair's not eating solids like that. So <laughs> Blair's not going to be gnawing on some wings or anything like that. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait for the Super Bowl. You've pulled up a few prop bets. Yeah. So we've got uh, some interesting ones here. Okay. Uh, length of the national anthem, the over-under set at 90.5 seconds. Reba singing? Reba McIntyre singing the national anthem. I don't know if she's she, going to... She doesn't seem like somebody that goes on a lot of runs. I don't think she's going to draw it out. I think we're going under 90 seconds. Uh, the first offensive play will be a run or a pass? Pass. I think so. Well, maybe run. <laughs> it's one of two. You know what I mean? I'm 50-50. I'm, I'm going to say pass, and I'm going to say it is uh, a pass... I'm going to say uh, the Chiefs start on offense, and it's a pass to Kadarius. No, is Kadarius Tony playing? Is he he's he's active, as far as I know. I'm gonna say that. Okay. Uh, how about this one for the halftime show? Which song will be performed first by Usher? Now, here are some options. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, that's probably his. That's probably his most famous song. It is. I think uh, he'll end with it. DJ got us falling in love again. Mm-hmm. You make me wanna. Mm, no. Or other. Bump's theory yesterday was it was the, and I don't know what one this is, but oh my God. I think that's the, or, oh, 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 it might be that one. Yeah. I don't know what that one's called. Someone's going to correct me. But his theory was it would be that one because it, you know, baby, let me, and it kind of, it starts out with so few, such little music in the background that it's a good way to open a show. 
Uh, will anyone accompany Usher on stage to perform a song with him? Yes, yes. or no? I think absolutely. absolutely. I was reading uh, some like local Las Vegas Twitter account saying that like Alicia Keys was spotted in Vegas at the site of Allegiant Stadium today. Which maybe a I, rehearsal? Does Usher have any collabs with Alicia Keys? I don't think he does. None that I can think of. Do we think it'll be like a? I think during yeah, maybe we'll get some collapse. Maybe okay. Uh, how many songs will Usher perform during halftime? Over under is set at eight and a half. How many did Rihanna get to last year? I think she got to a not bunch. enough, frankly. That's true. <laughs> I would have liked that to be twice as long. Uh, how about this one? Total number of players to attempt to pass over or under oh, two and a half. That's now a I said Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was getting a touchdown pass in this game, so I got to go over. Uh, I believe the Super, not the Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl, but Rams Bengals. Joe Mixon threw a touchdown pass. I don't know if you remember that. I don't. Um, I'm gonna say three. You have to think about it. You've got two tricky tricksters with Andy yeah, Reid and Kyle Shanahan. It's true. And you've got uh, a team that Christian has, McCaffrey, I think, has thrown a touchdown pass this year. I know he? they used him as their backup, backup, backup quarterback. Yeah. Um, and obviously the Chiefs have tried all kinds of fun things and mm-hmm. are not afraid, as we know from uh, 2019 season, 2020 Super Bowl, not afraid to try experimental fun things yeah. in the Super Bowl. This is an interesting category here. There's a, m- a million other prop bet categories but who will have the most receiving yards in the game they have four names listed plus other but the four names listed there's one that i'm surprised did not get named so you got travis kelsey debo samuel brandon Ayuk, and rashi rice george kittle in the other very surprising yeah i feel like kittle has a great shot at being the leading receiver in this game yeah i am surprised by that one um you know what i think it is there are so many options for both of these right. offenses. I know it's a down year offensively for the Chiefs, but uh, and they don't have as many weapons as they used to. Um, but the 49ers have a ton. <laughs> <laughs> they make up. They're making up for it. Here, uh, here's the maybe the most impossible one. Okay. Uh, what color will be the Gatorade poured on the winning head coach? Red. The options are lime green slash yellow, clear red, blue, orange, or purple. What if it's a color that's not listed? Because there's no other listed. I just can't see it being that. I know they don't always do it by the team uniform, but both teams have red in their uniform. Why would you not choose red? We are uh, being corrected on the Mac and Jack's text line. Usher does have a collab with Alicia Keys. Oh, yeah, my boo. My boo. Started when we were younger, you were mine. You got it. My boo. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I could see... Uh, I could see Alicia appearing. That makes sense. He's definitely going to play that song. For no sure. doubt in my mind. Um, yeah. I don't know. So those are some of the prop bets okay. that uh, you degenerates those. out there uh, could <laughs> participate gamblers par- could participate in. I am, you know, talking about the Kansas City Chiefs offense for just a minute here. I think that we ended our last segment talking about the. Um, the last time these two teams met in the Super Bowl. I think since then, the Chiefs' offense uh, is worse and the 49ers' offense is even better. Mm-hmm. And yet, I still don't see it as a clear 49ers win. I don't either. I think that picking against the Kansas City Chiefs in any situation, specifically a playoff football situation, 
uh, is is very similar to what it was like picking against the Patriots. Like you're just asking to lose money. You're just asking to be proven wrong. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is fourteen and three in his postseason career. His postseason. You've read his postseason stats as an entire season collectively because there are 16 games, correct? 16 well, now it's 17. a full season. Yeah, 17. full 17 game season. It is an MVP season. He's got like 39 touchdown passes to only seven interceptions. He's got close to 5,000 yards passing. That's an insane. Yeah, this guy of yards over 17 games is him. He is built so different from everybody else, and when the lights are the brightest, he performs his very best. Like he is going to be the uh, like he's going to be the guy that is most responsible for the outcome of the game. Even when they Win were trounced lose. by the Bucks defense, I think people still looked and said, well, is that Patrick Mahomes or mm-hmm. is that an offensive line that can't hold up? And in fact, after that Super Bowl loss, they went out and spent a ton of money on the offensive line. They, they later, I don't think it was that season. I think maybe the one after drafted Creed Humphreys, who ended up being great for them at center. Like they knew too. Like, I don't think they were leaving. Certainly no one was thinking, yeah, Mahomes lost them that like, even in a bad performance from the team, he was mm-hmm. special. The one of the maybe the most memorable play from that Super Bowl uh, that the I Chiefs lost is the one where Mahomes is falling yes. to the ground and he, and he gets on like a thirty-yard throw-off. It's crazy. He's like maybe an inch or two off the ground sideways, yes, and still chucks it like 30, 40 yards and down the field. Even though they lost. Maybe that play more than anything is why you look at Patrick Mahomes and say, if he is suited up and he is starting for that team, which he obviously will be, Mm -hmm. if he is out there on the field, I simply cannot bet against the Chiefs. I simply cannot. I've been looking at the Chiefs all season long going, oh, they aren't what they were. And it started week one, right? Week one loss to the uh, Detroit Lions um, on the season opener and everyone going, oh, God, they're just not the same. It doesn't even matter. You know, road games against Miami, against the Bills, um, against the Ravens, won all of those, surprised everyone. It's just there's no stopping him. And I in in the teams we've seen stop him was a Buccaneers defense uh, that was, I think, number two in the league with a team with Tom Brady. It's just the 49ers are a phenomenal team. And mm-hmm. I know that, you know, here in Seattle, we don't love giving them credit for things, but they've built a phenomenal team and especially phenomenal offense that is so hard to stop. I think they're going to give Kansas city headaches, no matter how yeah. great that defense is. I can look at those numbers and, and look at them winning on paper and still not believe it. I think bump said something yesterday that really, that really resonated with me. He was like, look at every team that's ever made the super bowl. Can you, can you say that anybody backed their way into a super bowl? No. Like, whoever wins this game on Sunday, I think will be a very worthy champion. Now, maybe there's a bad call here or there that that helps a team out more than the other. Last year, it happened at the very end of the game. Uh, It was James Bradbury getting called for the hold on Juju Smith-Schuster, which allowed Kansas City to kick the game-winning field goal uh, close to time expiring in that game. But... I don't think anybody looks at Kansas City winning last year as like, oh, the refs handed it to you. Like, no, in the second half of that game, they were the better team. Mm -hmm. And Philadelphia had many opportunities to put them away and didn't. And that single moment allowed for Kansas City to uh, put the icing on the cake. But I look at, you know, Kansas City last year, a worthy champion. Like, I can't think of any team that has ever been, you know, like, oh, they just lucked into it. They... Were, they were not the better team and lucked into it. Uh, like every champion has 
very much been worthy uh, that I can think of. I, I mean, a lot of people here will say, well, what about the 2005 Steelers? They were still. I don't know. They were the better team that day. Well, like, also, here's the deal. I, I will stand. They didn't stand... puke over themselves the way the Seahawks no, did. and so, I will stand on the moments. refs making bad calls in that game. We all know that happened. It's not some conspiracy theory. Like, they've since talked about that. But the Steelers, while a wild card, were still, I think, an 11-win team. I think yeah. they had one of the better run games and better defenses in football just because Roethlisberger, then like, what, 23, 24, mm-hmm. um, wasn't leading the league in passing. I don't even know that he was uh, – he certainly wasn't top five. I don't I don't know that he was inching in on, like, top seven, ten in passing. It doesn't matter. They were still a pretty solid team on the ground. Yeah. So is every team that wins the Super Bowl the best team in the league that year? No. I don't think you can look at either Giants Super Bowl win and say they were the best team in the league. I don't think you can look at the Steelers and say they were the best team in the league. There are a million other teams we can mm-hmm. throw in here. Um, but you, exactly your point, you don't fall into it, stumble into it by accident. Right. You have to kick and punch and claw your way. And some people manage to glide because they're just that talented. I mean, the 49ers almost didn't get here. They almost lost to Jordan Love and the Packers. That's right. And had a horrible first half to the Lions. They've had one amazing half of football in two games. Yeah, they've been probably the less they of the eight quarters that they've played, they've probably been the best team in two? maybe two of the eight. That's what I'm saying. It's like you yeah. can make the same case for them, but you would never do it because they were so dominant in the regular season. Mm. But everyone has to fight and everyone has to prove themselves. And the winner, the difference is with the Super Bowl, I think you can, if the 49ers win, I think you can say, you know, the best team. A lot of people would look at the Ravens. Um, with the Chiefs, it's the best quarterback. Like, this is a this is a dominant showing. These yeah. are two really good teams yeah. with some really good schemes and and, and really solid defensive play. Um, I'm, ex- I'm so excited to watch. I'll be rooting for the Chiefs. And we're going to talk with the Chiefs reporter coming up here in 15 minutes for, sure. for a little more insight. Um but yeah, I I I'm so excited for this Super Bowl. It, yeah, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna come down to the very end as well. It like the, it, these two teams just have been in this spot before. They know the magnitude of this game. I don't think either one is gonna come out flat. Exactly. Let's get to four down territory. This is four down territory. Going inside, inside the, the game. game with former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver Michael Bumpus. All right, Stacy. First down. Earlier in the show, we had some news about the Seahawks OC search. A lot of people were thinking maybe Chip Kelly a possibility, but where does that stand? Well, let's revisit it. Uh, Pete Thamel reporting about an hour ago, Ohio State expected to target UCLA coach Chip Kelly as the school's next offensive coordinator. Uh, UCLA now going to go on a national search for a replacement for Kelly. It sure seemed like Kelly was desperate to get out of UCLA, even if it means a demotion from head coach to offensive coordinator. Granted, with a much more uh, powerful program at Ohio State, it also takes his name off the table for Seattle. We've seen some uh, reports about Seattle's true interest. We know they were. We've seen multiple reports about them having been interested in Ryan Grubb, who introduced himself at Alabama's uh, signing day a little uh, earlier this week. I'm stumped. I mean, is it Tanger, Tanner uh, Ingstrid? Is it a name we haven't heard about? Uh, is it a coach perhaps that's playing for one, or that's uh, coaching for one of these two teams in the Super Bowl? Either way, we're going to have to find out who the offensive coordinator is in the next couple days, maybe even by Monday, because by next Friday, this team has a $12 million decision to make about Geno Smith. Second down. 
All right, Stacey, what did each of these Super Bowl teams struggle with in the regular season? Both really good teams. Kansas City has more weaknesses on paper, and both of these two, you already know. Kansas City led the league and dropped passes. They also are averaging the fewest points per game for them since 2014. Still, you can never bet against Patrick Mahomes, nor against Travis Kelsey. Isaiah Pacheco's been great. I'm not doing it. You can't trick me. I, I, I won't look at a Kansas City offense uh, and not trust that they can get something done. Defensively, that's why they're in the Super Bowl. This is the best defense, period, that Patrick Mahomes has ever, ever been a part, been a part of, played with. Um, but even they have a few weak spots, uh, particularly against the run. They allowed 112 rushing yards per game to opponents this year. It's middle of the road. It's not the worst. Um, the good news is they didn't allow a lot of teams to convert that rushing yardage into points since they were second in scoring. But if you're the 49ers, you're thinking we're not just any rushing team. We're a team that has some really good two back looks. We've got Christian McCaffrey. We're not worried about scoring. So there's a, definitely an opportunity there for the 49ers to attack them on the ground. Uh, meanwhile, the 49ers go figure. They lose when they turn the ball over. If Brock Purdy is having a bad day, he doesn't need his best day, but if he's having a bad day, they run into trouble. That was the common denominator across their three-game losing streak. Also worth noting, while they've been solid as a whole defensively, they've given up over 100 yards on the ground in four of their last five games. They're down. Stacey, we're going to see who becomes Super Bowl MVP in a couple days, but who has been each team's MVP throughout the playoffs? There are a lot of choices for both of these teams. Uh, I think especially the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, the 49ers across two games have had like maybe one half of really, really solid play. Um, but you guys can probably guess who I'm going to say because he's the reason they won that first divisional matchup. First, uh, going to go ahead and uh, look to the Chiefs. And while Patrick Mahomes seems like a pick that you should make, uh, you know, maybe LeJerry Sneed seems like a pick that you can make. I went with the obvious one, the one that's going to dominate headlines because of his girlfriend, Travis Kelsey. Over three games, uh, he has three touchdowns. He also has at least 70 yards in each of those. His best game was against Baltimore, 11 for 11, 116. Really hard to overlook that performance and not just give him this, but he still contributed a lot in the other two games. So I'm going to give it to Travis Kelsey on Kansas City side. Going over to the 49ers, also going offense. I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is the reason they were able to get past the Packers. Christian McCaffrey has at least 90 yards and two touchdowns in each of his two games. And I think he's going to be a huge factor in this game. Fourth down. Stacey, what's the delicate balancing act every team owner needs? So we were talking about it a little bit earlier, but Woody Johnson was asked at NFL Honors uh, about how he felt about the season. Said he was madder than he's ever been. Um, and he said, you know, Robert Sala needs to focus on offense, offense, offense. He repeated it three times. He was asked about quarterback. He said, well, you know, basically we got our arm cut off, meaning, you know, losing Aaron Rodgers. He was asked if backup quarterback was a priority and said, you need a backup quarterback. And we didn't have one last year. A clear shot at Zach Wilson. I say all of that to say this. You're a team owner. You can do and say whatever you want. You're the billionaire who bought the team. And that's, you know, a property and a company that you own. I think there's a delicate balance, though, that owners always need to walk between being too invested, being too much of a distraction, applying too much pressure publicly, and also being too absent. I think of John Stanton here for the Mariners, uh, where people have wanted him to say a little bit more. And it's it's always a personal choice as to whether or not you want to speak up and you want to put yourself, you know, uh, in front of the firing squad, and I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it. <laughs> so, like, I can never blame someone for not doing it. So it's kind of, it's not a lose-lose situation. 
It's just that there is a, it's very tough to be a popular and really great team owner. Um, I actually, I, I think Paul Allen was a great team owner. He didn't apply a lot of public pressure, was mostly behind the scenes, but clearly built a great culture behind the scenes and was able to apply pressure uh, when needed. I look around at an owner like Jerry Jones with Dallas, and even though his teams have been stellar in the regular season, you do start to wonder if that public pressure, that public focus, and just a lot of meddling from him affects their season in the playoffs. So I think that whether or not owners will admit it, you do start to affect the product on the field, and I wonder if Woody Johnson kind of overstepped here. Maybe a little bit. Maybe just a tiny bit. I mean, again, it's silly saying, like, the boss overstepped, but... I think it's. T- I think that there is a time and a place, and on a red carpet at the NFL Honors, yeah, it's not that place. That seems like a weird spot to kind of exact exact your revenge on somebody that can't fight back. <laughs> uh, what I need to know is coming up at 45 after. You can get your questions in now, though. Any question, text it to the Mac and Jacks text line 866-979-3776. Coming up first, though, a look at the Chiefs ahead of the Super Bowl with Adam Teicher. That's next. Bumpin' Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. ESPN Chiefs reporter Adam Teicher joining us now on the Emerald Pink Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Adam, you have had a very busy week. How's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? We are fantastic. So excited for this game. Uh, two really, really good teams. Uh, I'm going to start with um, talking about the Chiefs season. It's been a down year offensively, and yet here they are once again in the Super Bowl. Uh, what have you seen from them in terms of what they initially struggled with and how they've been able to get here? Yeah, the, the season's been upside down. You know, usually uh, what you get from the Chiefs are these high-scoring games, and they uh, just sort of win a bunch of shootouts. But this year has been a lot different. They won a lot of uh, low-scoring games, and uh, uh, their, their defense is leading the way. The offense is just sort of along for the ride. So, yeah, it has been a, a, diff- a different kind of season for the Chiefs. Adam, this Chiefs team looks a lot different from their previous two championship uh, winners. Obviously, the personnel a little bit different. No Tyreek Hill anymore. Uh, but also on the coaching staff, this is their first year without Eric Bieniemy on it. I want to know from you, what have you noticed, if anything, differently about how the Chief o- Chiefs offense operates without him uh, in the ear of Andy Reid? Well, if there's anything that Eric Bieniemy does well, it's it's his attention to detail. I mean, he will not let any I uh, go undotted or any T go uncrossed. I mean, he's his, he's legendary. I, I've gotten stories from players about things he's uh, had them do um, to, to make sure they're ready for a game. And and so this year, you know, there were a lot of things that just looked sloppy from the Chiefs. And, and you wonder whether his, um, his absence was uh, part of that. You know, there were a lot of times where Mahomes and the receivers just weren't obviously seeing the same things. There has been some drop passes. There have been some – a lot of offensive penalties this year. And so you wonder a little bit, are, are they missing out at the enemy? And, and they really uh, have struggled with all those problems that I mentioned. They've never struggled with those things most of the season. Uh, but but they just, it's, it's like they turned on a faucet uh, for the playoffs and they turned those things off. And uh, um, it's, uh, you know, now they're playing and they look a lot more like the Chiefs we, we remember them as. 
Now, I know Chris Jones is a huge part of this defense, but I think what we here in Seattle love, Adam, is seeing what they've been able to do with lower draft picks, particularly in that secondary, right? Yeah. I mean, the Chiefs are not yeah. a team that's that's been getting a lot of top five picks anytime recently. And, you know, we've been wondering, well, how does Seattle really get that talent? Here's a perfect example of a team doing it. How have you seen this defense come together and who stands out in that secondary especially? Yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, really... Uh, uh, a nice job by the chiefs in identifying uh, guys later in the draft and making good players out of them. And they've done that on offense some, but they've been really good at it on defense. And uh, um, so they have done a nice job. I think they only have two first round picks for any team, not just their own team. And both of those guys um, were late first round picks. So they, they've done a nice job finding guys later in the draft. And as far as the secondary, their corners are really playing well. Um, Legarius Sneed was a fourth round pick by the chiefs a few years ago. They, they've sort of used him to uh, follow the opponent's best receiver in uh, a, a lot of their games. And he's done a really nice job. I think he probably got overlooked for all pro and pro bowl this year because uh, he, he was really deserving and um, their other corner is, is playing really well. Trent McDuffie, who uh, was drafted in the first round last year, with, with the pick, by the way, that the Chiefs got for Tyreek Hill. That's uh, what the Chiefs used that pick on was uh, Trent McDuffie, and he's playing really well. And, and so they got two really good corners they can go to. Their safeties, particularly Jay, uh, Justin Reed, is playing really well. So uh, there's a lot to like about the Chiefs on all three levels. They've got guys playing really well. Uh, on their line at linebacker and certainly in the secondary. Adam, the last game the Chiefs played was against the Baltimore Ravens, a game that the Chiefs got the 17 first half points but didn't score again in the second half. They didn't need any second half points, though, beating Baltimore 17-10 in the AFC title game. What did you notice from being there in person uh, watching Kansas City attack that Ravens defense? Uh, obviously, we're asking this because – that Ravens defensive coordinator that day, Mike McDonald, is now the Seahawks head coach. So what was it about Baltimore that uh, kind of stifled Kansas City's offense in that second half? Yeah, well, early in the game, they really weren't coming after Mahomes with any um, any frequency. I mean, they were more content to play coverage. And you know that's been generally a pretty good strategy for teams. Mahomes really uh, has, has thrived over the years at, at, uh, against pressure. And so... Um, they, they, you know, that, that was Baltimore's tactic early in the game in the first half. Most of the first half is they were content to play coverage and really not uh, try to uh, do anything extra to get any heat on him. And then in the second half, they changed that. They came after him a lot, and they, that's when they started to have success. So, uh, you know, he changed up his game plan, uh, you know, greatly in the second half. Mike McDonald did, and it. Uh, it really paid off, although the Chiefs were sort of content to play more of a field position game at that point uh, because uh, they had a, a lead they felt comfortable with. Steve Spagnolo, obviously a great defense this year, going to be a big challenge, though, against the San Francisco offense. Where do you see um, as being maybe the biggest area of, I don't want to say concern or worry, but uh, potentially a challenge point coming into this one for his defense? Well, the, you know, the Chiefs have not been great against the run this year, and, and you wonder, you know, how many, how often are they going to see Christian McCaffrey, and how well do they do with him? You know, Baltimore's game plan was puzzling. Um, they, you know, you figured they were going to come yeah. out and run the ball, run the ball, and run until the Chiefs made him stop, but they, Chiefs never had to make him stop. So that was that was weird. I, I don't think it'll be that way with the 49ers. And so that's what you wonder a little bit. You know, can the Chiefs get um, the uh, 49ers off the field and 
um, you know, that, that's the one thing. But I, I got to tell you that, uh, you know, Steve Spagnolo has done a great job all year, but particularly in the playoffs with his game plans. I mean, they really had answers for everything Miami had going in the wild card round and, and Buffalo um, in the divisional round, particularly in the second half. And then last week or two weeks ago against Baltimore. So um, I feel like he's going to come up with something that's going to give the 49ers problems. He, there's a lot he can go to because the Chiefs are so versatile and have so many guys playing well on defense. Adam, I think it was, was it Michelle Tafoya who said that she thinks maybe this could be Travis Kelsey's final season in the NFL? I have a hard time believing that, especially considering he's still very productive at age 34. Do you think this could potentially be a swan song for him? I mean, he's obviously never been more popular. He's probably got tons of earning potential outside of football. Uh, what do you see for him in the future? Yeah, well, a lot of that um, earning potential goes away if he's not playing and he's not visible on, you know, 17 Sundays a year and then in the postseason, right? So, uh, you know, I think he knows he needs to map the play to maximize all that. But that issue aside, you know, he's, he's, uh, I think he was maybe a little bored during the regular season and, and, uh, you know, slumped a little bit toward the end of the season. But boy, he's played well in the playoffs. And I can make you a strong case that he's had his, best game of his career um, in the AFC championship game. You know, he's had better games statistically, but yeah. in terms of the difficulty of the catches he made in terms of how much the chiefs needed him that day in terms of uh, uh, the, the, the magnitude of the game, right. They're playing to go to the super bowl. Uh, he still, uh, you know, he, he really delivered for him. So I, I think he still got it for, you know, a 34 year old guy, he'll be 35 early next season. Um you know, he said all the right things when he's been asked about possible retirement you know, that he still loves the game and, and, and um, you know, he wants to stick around, but he's never said that he he definitely will play next year. He hasn't gone that quite that far. And, um, you know, another thing that he's done recently, you know, he's talking before the Baltimore game and he said the AFC championship game, he said he's never wanted to, get, to win a game so much. And um, that he, he's never wanted one as bad as he wanted that one. And, and now he's saying similar things this week about the Super Bowl. And so you just wonder, is he saying those because he knows this is his last, you know, this is the last go round and uh, this is might be his last chance in the Super Bowl. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think he'll be back next year. That's my thought. But it certainly wouldn't surprise me if this was his last game on Sunday. Now, similar uh, obviously with uh, with Andy Reid and people kind of wondering what's going to happen there. Uh, do you feel like, um, in addition to Kelsey, that trio of, obviously Mahomes will be back, clearly, but but that Reid is going to stay there for a couple years? And I ask, it, knowing that, uh, Adam, we were getting questions like this all the time with Carol. I think sometimes people just, you know, when coaches get older, they're going to ask every year. Yeah, yeah, well, certain, you know, certainly once you get to a certain age, you, you, you got to ask that about a guy. Right. You know, you got to wonder about that. And you know, I've talked to a lot of people about Andy Reid. I did a big story earlier in the week about his future. And, you know, two themes keep coming up with him in terms of his future. One is everybody I talk to about Andy Reid that's friends with him say he really has nothing to do but football. You know, he, uh, he doesn't golf and he doesn't hunt and he doesn't fish. I mean, he plays, he, he coaches football and, and, um, you know, he said something before training camp, right before training camp started last year. 
he said that, you know, we, we, I was asking him what he was doing, uh, what he did on his vacation right before camp started. And he said, well, you know, I was, I, I worked every day, I did not, not full days, but I worked every day. And, you know, I watched a lot of football plays and he said, Hey, when some people go on vacation, they like to you know, read novels. I said, when I go on vacation, I like to watch plays. So, you know, that tells you a little bit of what, what his life is like um, outside of football. And then the other issue is, you know, when he came to the Chiefs, he had a tough year in Philadelphia his last year. You know, his son Garrett died during training camp. He had the worst season of his career with the Eagles. And, and a lot of his friends were telling him at the time, hey, listen, take some time off, you know, take a year off, enjoy yourself recharge and get back into coaching next year if you want to. And, and he was telling everybody at that time, no, I, I, I don't, I'm more worried about myself outside of coaching than I am when I'm in coaching. And I have that structure and that thing to do every day with my life. So, you know, that was 11 years ago when he came to the Chiefs. So, um, you know, things could have changed, but I, I don't think they have. So a lot of people who I've talked to, just about everybody I've talked to really, would be surprised if he decided to retire at this point. Really interesting insight, of course, from ESPN Chiefs reporter Adam Teicher, kind enough to join us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Adam, you have a very busy weekend, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks here you can catch a break, get to get a chance to relax uh, yeah. after the season. <laughs> yeah, well, we got what the combine coming up and all right, that, so it's, right. it's, uh, there's no end to the merry-go-round here. Never, for sure. never. We enjoy your work, Adam. Thanks so much. Thanks, Adam. Thanks. Good stuff, guys. All right. You're listening to Bump and Stacey Curtis Rogers in for Michael Bumpus today on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Get your questions in for what I need to know. Wrapping up a whole week of shows so we could use your questions. 866-979-3776. That's next. Bump and Stacey. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacey Rost. It's What I Need to Know, brought to you by All Red Heating, Cooling, and Electric. Get your questions into the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. The first one is Stacey, Stacey and Curtis. Can you please, all caps, read and answer the next question in this segment using your Patrick Mahomes impression. I need to hear it one more time. I, that's your impression. I think you can try yours. I'll try it. Okay. You got to go. For, yeah. So the next question from another listener is what I need to know. Uh, we have to read the question as Patrick Mahomes too. I like answering it only. Okay. I'm going to read it regular, to as read regular it? Stacy. Mini tacos or sliders. So you have to answer in your best Patrick Mahomes. Well, Stacy, <laughs> I, I prefer sliders myself because they're a little more versatile than than mini tacos. It sounds like a Sesame Street character. <laughs> That's kind of what Patrick Mahomes sounds like. He's, he's like, um, yeah, I, you know, I always <laughs> love tacos. I like regular size tacos. They're pretty good, and but uh, the mini tacos just kind of taste like generic <laughs> beef, and I don't really like them. So I go with sliders. <laughs> it's hard to do. Jackson, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. <laughs> Put the TikToks away. <laughs> Travis, we got to go win. <laughs> Trav. <laughs> but yeah, sliders, I think are mini tacos actually are not good i'll just come out and say wow. it yeah i don't mind them i'll eat i'll eat 20 but i won't like it i won't do it because i want to i'm taking sliders because not only can you do like burger sliders you can do chicken sliders 
You can do all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, on a scale Pulled of one to sliders. ten, how excited are you for the Mariners' season? A seven. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not like a 10. A 10 would be like there's some new superstars and I'm like, I can't. But I'm, I'm excited for the season to start. I mean, I no matter how upset or frustrated at any point I get during the season or off season, the second opening day hits, I'm like, oh, here I go. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm most excited again. for baseball to just kind of be back amongst our like day to day routine where you can be doing whatever. And it's like, oh, I'll just, I'll just throw the game on. Like, it's just background yeah. noise. It's there. Yeah. Uh, it's a comfort. It is. It's how I feel about podcasts. <laughs> I just put put them on. It's just like, oh, oh <laughs> hey, Cal. <laughs> hey, Julio. Yeah, and then I have a hey social relationship with the Exactly. Team. What I need to know, speaking of the Mariners, how many wins will they have this year, and do they make the playoffs? I'm going to say they finish with 91 wins. And yes, they make the Someone said, I used the voice while delivering a UPS package, and I felt so ridiculous. Why'd you use the voice? Yeah, why are you delivering? Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) What can Brand do for you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. What I need to know. What's the coolest thing you've seen inside VMAC? Their cafeteria is pretty special. Uh, Like, they only let us go in there, I think, during draft coverage, which is in that media room right next to the cafeteria where those there's those double doors you can walk through Mm -hmm. but it looks like you know a cruise ship buffet up in there uh you were you mentioned the the smoothie tray that they bring out for the players Mm -hmm. during uh Mm -hmm. during training camp yeah and can i just say i've it's not it's none of my business, but I do always think of getting one because they walk by with these delicious smoothies and it's 95 degrees outside. And every single time, like my mouth waters and I just stare at it. <laughs> it's like, man, that orange, it's like having an orange Julius come to you. Yeah, exactly. What I need to know, if you could infiltrate the Super Bowl gathering of any celebrity, whose party would you choose to sneak into? I mean, I would go into the booth yeah. where Taylor Swift is, and I would listen to what she has to say about Travis. Obviously, that's the mm-hmm. obvious and of only course, answer. Of course. I feel like Jay-Z probably has a Super Bowl party going on this weekend. Like, that's got to like, the A-list of the A-list. But I feel like with those parties, no one's really paying. Already no one's there at Super to party. Bowl parties, They're just there to be seen. Exactly. At Super Bowl parties that I've been to, People are like casually watching the game, but uh-huh. not really. And that's why I don't like going to Super Bowl parties because I want to sit and watch the game. But then if I'm at a Super Bowl party, I'm being rude. So I, I'm, I've taken that pressure off myself uh-huh. by just watching at home. There is, I think he's like the creator of Fanatics, that uh, sports merchandise website. He pays like top of the A-list celebrities to appear at his parties. He throws that like white party in the Hamptons yes. where like literally every A-list celebrity you can think of is there and he pays them out of pocket to show up. I feel like that's another, I think there's a one that he's got going on this weekend in Vegas. Uh, what I need to know, if you hire someone to clean your house, I like the lifestyle questions. If you hire someone to clean your house, what's the protocol? Do you tidy up before they arrive, like brushing your teeth before going to the dentist? Well, you brush your teeth before going to the dentist to hide your shame of not flossing nearly as much as you do. Likewise, if there's anything that would embarrass you that's left out, you put that away. 
But like, you don't need to scrub, like whatever. I mean, pick stuff up off the carpet, but yeah. you don't need to like deep clean the the place. I don't think. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would do. I think of it like a hotel thing. Like usually, I like push my sheets to the bottom or fold them uh-huh. over so they can just grab them. I put all the towels in a pile. Yeah. So like, I do like. It kind of helped get it started. After Willow was born, uh, my parents bought us uh, a cleaning service that would come every week. And we didn't do like a super deep clean before the cleaners came over, but we would, you know, tidy up a little bit. They did the vacuuming and dusting and all that. Yeah. Um, but it was, we didn't leave it like a, just a pigsty or anything like that. No, yeah. that's, that's not good. Um, do you let your partner look through your phone? Yeah, she knows my Yeah, I don't she knows care. my code. I don't care at all, but can I say that I don't want to say too much. Uh-oh. I know someone who knows someone who found out about an affair Whoa! via connected no! iOS slash Apple products. Whoa! So, you know, when, like, you get a text and yeah. it shows up on your Mac and then your iPad and then your phone... She was using one of those Isn't products that, how, that belonged uh, to this Jason guy. Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde broke up. Like where a text came in. I think in it was like an like, Apple Watch. Exactly. It's one home. of those things where it's like you yeah. see the text come in, but not on their phone. It's scandalous. It was scandalous. I love it. All right. Well, that had nothing to do with the Super Bowl, but thankfully you have <laughs> another show. Now we got to watch. go another four hours. We're leaving <laughs> these people with the ultimate cliffhanger. Now, now you guys are going to get uh, a, a nice Super Bowl preview, anyways, with Wyman and Bob. They're joining you next. Don't go anywhere.